We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. Evan is uh, back with, I was going to say powerful, but I don't think that that's like the right terminology. Um, so I have the power. <laughs> he, I think it's he, the proper term. He's pulling a He-Man right now. He has the power. Absolutely. Uh, he is back. What's up, Ev? How, how'd, you, uh, how'd you weather the storm? Are you doing okay? Well, except for throwing out all my food. You know, that was mm. a little disappointing. But other than that, so, you know, it hit the... Hit some nice golf money. Hit the hit the NASCAR truck nuts on Friday. It was good. Well, I mean, what what nice. could what could be better than that? Honestly, I I can't imagine a better existence than than hitting the truck race. Yes, I mean, just just look at this lovely behind over here. I mean the the Cheney the Cheney estate has never looked better. For for those of you just listening and not watching the stream, you really you really got to check it out because. The uh, it's, it's I don't know. You might be you might be upgrading from a bunk bed soon. That'll be. I'm that'll sorry, be good Skyward, for you. This, is the, <laughs> this is a very unfortunate <laughs> first meeting, but here we are. No, the, you're he he was just dropped right into it, so this is perfect actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and joining us tonight is uh, I I got the chance to talk to Axis last week about some golf betting stuff, uh, and one of his uh, compatriots over at FTN. Sky was uh, lucky or nice enough to uh, to join us tonight. You can find him on Twitter at SkyhookDFS. What's going on, man? How we doing? Yeah, appreciate you you having me on. You know, like you said, lucky enough to be able to come on the Bogey Free Pod here oh, and, yeah. and join up with the boys to follow up uh, an amazing major from the weekend. You know, that was some of the best golf you know we've had in a long, long time. So exciting weekend! I did not hit the truck nuts, um, <laughs> but you know, I'm excited. Hopefully, to to get some winnings this coming week here. Yeah, we. Uh... Yeah, th- I I don't know if this is like if I'm just excited that sports are back in general, or if like the the leaderboards have been like especially clumped together. It seems like for a lot of these uh, tournaments since the restart, 
Um, but it just seems like it seems like we've had some uh, some pretty good finishes. And this week, this past week was definitely uh, at the top of that list, I think. No, absolutely. I mean, that shot by Morikawa goes down in history, you know, as one of the, the greatest golf shots, especially in a major on the, you know, everything on the line like that. Um, fortunately, I didn't have the the winning ticket like half of the world did. Um, so <laughs> um, it was a little tough. I was rooting for Jason Day to come through and I mean, he played he played lights out, just couldn't make a putt um, pretty much all week long. So yeah. but now we bring into play here, you know, another is it a hangover type of week? Is it an exciting type of week to get at the FedEx playoffs? I don't know how everybody's going to feel. Yeah, it's definitely definitely going to be interesting. I think the uh, you know the the shortened season obviously played some uh, sort of, not that it caught guys off guard, but uh, some people are playing this week. I think that typically would would not be uh, be making the trip, um, and. You know, we have we have all these motivation narratives and all the good stuff that come along with uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs. So uh, it should be should be a good week. I personally really love this course uh, in general. Um, I think it, it's just it's great for great for uh, watching, great great for TV. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. It's obviously Sedgefield Country Club. Uh, we uh, we don't we don't spend a ton of time talking about the course. Uh, I'm I'm sure. If you listen to any podcasts or read any articles, uh, you you've heard all the stats by now, anyway. So uh, why don't we why don't we jump right in to our buy or sell here? Uh, all the way up at the top, we have Webb Simpson at eleven thousand two hundred. Uh, he is a you know a, a resident. This is a bit of a home game for him, uh, and obviously has very good course history here. So all of those things lead to ownership typically. Um, what are Sky? What are you doing with Webb? Are you are you in on him this week? Uh, what what's your what's your ownership going to look like with Webb? Yeah, I feel like I have to be in. Um, I like to take ownership stands often, but it's tough when something fits him so well that he names one of his kids after the actual tournament. You know, um, so for me. He gets his caddy back on the bag this week. Paul Tesori was off the bag, um, who's, you know, somebody who's been with him quite some time, who's uh, very reliable. And last week, I mean, he managed. I think he struggled a bit on Sunday, but of course that, you know, is not his MO last week. Um, we saw him do the similar same thing where he struggled. And then the next week won at Heritage, you know, right as um, the, the resumption of play started. So for me, He's going to be the highest on golfer of the week. Um, and I think with some value out there, you can make some ownership plays as well up top. But I'd rather get over the field in these type of situations for Webb than, than under them. What about you, Ev? What are you, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, I understand the ownership stands and where one might want to take. My issue with him is last couple of weeks, the approach game has been a little inconsistent, right? Losing five strokes, the Memorial losing what like one stroke at PGA at the championship there last week. So, and, and when you look at this course, you know, you look at data golf and how the, you know, the relative importance to whatever with the course fit and it's like approach and, and driving accuracy are like huge here this week. Right. You just have to like really straight guys. And I don't know with these last couple turn or last few tournaments here, if, if Webb can do it. So if he's going to be highly owned, at least in a single entry tournament, cause like, I mean, that's, that's, that's primarily what I do. So, you know, that's where, that's where my pins are going to come from. But, you know, in single entry, I might pivot off of him, honestly, if, if the approach game is going to be this inconsistent for now. Now, of course that can blow up in my face. Right. Of course. But that's what we, I mean, not, not like the chalk has been, has been hitting at an alarming rate (laughs) lately or anything. It's just, it really is the worst. Like I, it's, it's rough. I, I think this is this is like a real, uh, you know, pick play fifty percent of what his ownership is going to be, or like triple the field's ownership, like one of those kind of kind of deals. I agree with you, Sky. I think that you you know you definitely have to take definitely have to take a stand um, on him. I've been I've been fading these types of of plays, the the more expensive chalk. Um, as I just alluded to, it has not uh, it has not been working out particularly well. But I think over uh, you know over a long enough time frame, I think if you if you get one of those decisions right, um, you know you can you can make up for a few bad weeks. So 
I'm I'm definitely definitely not full fading, but uh, I would say if he, I don't even I didn't even run ownership yet. I would imagine he's going to be like low to mid twenties, maybe. Yeah, I still he's been talked about a lot so far. Yeah, everywhere. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say twenty five percent is probably the the floor on that. Surprisingly, even for that price, I mean, but. It's, I mean, it's not too hard to build with him. I don't even think it's that hard to, to build with another, you know, 10K guy with him because there's so much in the sixes um, here with it. But there's going to be heavy chalk elsewhere. And I know you're kind of reverse on that, Matt, where you're willing to eat the chalk on a little bit of the lower ranges right. um, and then fade it up here. And I, and I it's tough because, and, and you brought it up of like, it's, it's easy to look at like short-term ranges for these top guys, but I just seem more often than not, it just feels like any of them can pop at any time. I mean, Justin Rose, I would have never seen him, you know, finishing top 15 last week from what he does. And now, you know, he finds that form in a blink of an eye and Brooks can lose that form. You know, Reed, we know can flash Fleetwood came alive after two missed tournaments. Like it's weird that these, these top guys where often it seems that they just flip the switch and maybe it's more uh, risk averse to go avoid the chalk and play somebody. But when it's like web at this type of style course, it just seems a little bit different for me with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, and I, I think that that's fair. I think, like you said, I think it's, it's a, it's definitely a place where you have to make a strong decision. I don't think anybody uh, building 150 lineups this week is going to make a ton of money by just, deciding to play exactly whatever his ownership comes in at um you know you you have to take take one side or the other um speaking of another uh seemingly popular play at 8100 uh this week we have ryan moore um what i mean he i guess he won here like 17 years ago um so you know obviously that uh, that's a that's a huge that's a huge deal. It's a it's a big part of my my model stroke gain strokes yes. gained in two thousand four. Uh, play pretty heavily. <laughs> so, um, what what are what are your thoughts on more? I mean, I'm I'm joking. Obviously, I think he's there's there's reasons for people to uh, to to play him this week. Uh, what was it? The last time uh, what was it three M he gained like. I think like six seven or seven strokes, strokes on a pro. Yeah, yeah, seven strokes. Um, so you know, it's it's not like he's it's not like he's a total scrub. Uh, right. What are what are you doing with him this week's guy? I have a tough time when I have there's like a couple. One of my buddies has an adage that says friends don't let friends play Ryan's. So Ryan Moore, Ryan Palmer, both of them when they get chalky he goes running for the hills like because it seems both of them have these blowups in them when it seems like nothing could be more perfect. Now, Ryan Moore in this field since the break has been the the ninth best player. I have him just gaining over a stroke on the field per round since the restart. 8,100 is not a bad price for him. I I saw on some of the offshores, he's like literally bet down to like 18 to one, which is unbelievable. Like I don't, I don't, Get who's doing that? I mean, clearly someone laid a hammer at fifty to get him down there. Um, I think like on DraftKings Sportsbook, he opened closer to like forty to fifty, maybe even some thirty threes. But I, I just have a tough time with Chalk Ryan more, you know, more often than not because the guy can't putt. You know, like that's he was, you know, great. Like you said at three M, he carried it over and he got twelfth at, at Barracuda too. Right. But I'll, I, I mean, there's talented guys in the high sevens that have just as much upside as Ryan Moore does. So for, for me, I would lean being underweight or, or especially in like three max or single entry. I like playing that too, Evan. And that's, I think I can avoid more at that standpoint, especially if I'm playing well. Yeah. I kind of have that same take where, yeah, the putting's crap, but he, I mean, he does the approach game is fine. Like it's not spectacular, but you know, for eight, for an $8,100 golfer, it's fine right? The, the driving accuracy is okay. Like I'm not, if he were lower owned, I wouldn't be against him this as heavily as I am right now. But it, like, if you're going to tell me he's 25, 30% owned as a cheap, you know, as, as, as like the, the big value play everyone's talking about, I don't want that. Not at all. Or, or in, in uh, MME tournaments, I don't want to even go overweight or at 
his ownership. I want to go lower than that, right? So I'm not huge on Ryan Moore it, it, this week. I mean, I'm, I'm bigger on Webb Simpson at that point, like if you're going to tell me between the two. Obviously, the prices are incomparable. Yeah. <laughs> bold, bold strategy, <Yeah. laughs> taking taking Webb over more. <laughs> um, yeah, I. So this is this is like a classic. Uh, you know, do I do I over do I override like the rules that I set out with the the game theory series that that I did because he, um, if if his ownership gets high enough, uh, typically guys in this range that become super chalky uh, are, are good bets. Like it, if you hit, if you hit basically 14% or up uh, between 7,500 and 8,500 uh, the, the outcomes are just like stupid. Like you, you hit your, you hit the ranges ceiling 26% of the time. Uh, he's also rising in price, which is usually a good indicator as well. Um, especially for, for a solid floor. So I, uh, I see myself probably matching and maybe going, you know, like 10 or 15%, uh, you know, more than whatever his ownership projection is. Um, but I, he's not like, a, I'm not like locking him in by any means. Um, that's just, again, the, it, it, I have to, I have to do some real soul searching to, uh, to click that many times on Ryan Moore, but um, the, you know, like I said, the rules that I that I sort of discovered uh, through that through that series sort of point me to uh, needing to play him. So we'll see. I think, I mean, to your point, it's if you could eliminate names and eliminate, you know, just look at statistics without having biases, which I really, really struggle with. It's hard not to, you know, to go into the week and think, you know, Webb Simpson should dominate at, at Wyndham, you know, Ryan Moore. We don't like him because he can't putt like if you have things statistically to your point that you've proven should, you know, outweigh the, the ownership of what it can be like, no matter who the golfer is like that's you have to, to continue to be consistent or else you're just getting yourself in, in a guessing game more often than not. Yeah. And the uh, you know, the, the range of outcomes uh, app that I, that we put up over at Rotoviz also like it'll be in the article tomorrow. Just absolutely loves uh, loves him compared to the range. So I feel like I probably do. Uh, I, I do have to do it, but I'm not. It's like a kicking and screaming uh, sort of deal here. Uh, the, we'll, we'll hit the matchup real quick. Uh, presented by betonline.ag. We have Paul Casey at minus 124. Pretty heavy, uh, decently heavy favorite against Justin Rose at plus 104. Uh, Ev, I, I know you're. I know you're a sucker for plus odds. So are we? Not uh, this week. Not this week. I. I actually. You're going like to be a Paul Casey slappy. Uh, unfortunately, the although, the toughest start- of scenes on this <laughs> on this broadcast. First off, he used the term slappy. That is a tough scene. <laughs> <laughs> I actually muted that word a couple weeks ago. It just there was because I saw like ten tweets in a row just said slappy. I'm like. <laughs> All right. But anyway, but, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's more consistent to a degree than Rose is right now. And I'm willing to take Wait, we're willing to take him. Yeah. Well, hold on. Can we not use the word consistent for either of these guys? Yeah, they both suck. Yeah, I know. But uh, relatively. We, ha- we have access uh, in the chat right now. Oh, yeah. Very, very excited for uh, for the takes here. I, I All enjoy- right. Go ahead. I'm ready. Uh, no, I just, I'm just saying, you know, uh, for me, the- for me, I'd rather. I'd rather just take the minus one twenty four on Casey, just because the, the model of ever, consistency, Paul Casey. Just because every time I've bet on Justin Rose, whether it be taking like just you know regular sports bets or DFS, he's screwed me over every single time. I've never been successful with this man. Just Paul Casey. I've I, I that's all. put that put that on a plaque somewhere. I've never been successful with this man. <laughs> um. So I I ran it through the simulator and I I basically have uh, I have Rose at minus one oh seven, um so like that's a that's like a small a small edge for me like that's a that's a decent bet, um 
anytime like I, you know, I, I have somebody as a favorite and they're getting plus money, I'm usually going to take that. And I just, I hate both of these guys. So the bias like doesn't even like, it doesn't even matter. Cause I just yeah. despise both of them so much that like, I, it won't even screw me either way. Cause I, I just, I, I can't with either of them, honestly. Uh, what, what are, where are you leaning here? Sky? It's it's difficult when you you I saw you type this up and I was like oh gosh like because both of them are they're very similar in the sense that you know it was people that we weren't that we were interested in over the last few weeks that burned and burned and burned um, overall so I think I mean gun to head it's probably for. I just don't know if I trust Rose's approach game enough. Like last week was the best he's shown since the restart. Um, but I, I mean, people, you know, were immediately ready to say that getting off the Hanma iron and going to Taylor made, he was back to number one in the world. Um, I think the line's pretty appropriate, probably to your, to your sense going with the dog and Rose is probably the, the more, plus EV move from it, but I, I'm not happy with, with either of them. Like it's a plug your nose and, and take the plus money type of thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like the EV and from the SIM is like, I think like $4 for a hundred dollar bet or something ridiculous. Yeah. So it's, we're not talking about huge, uh, huge margins here. <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's, let's blow through a few of these price ranges and, uh, and find some, some guys that we haven't talked about that we are interested in. Um, Evan, do you have a, a favorite of Rosen up, uh, you know, that we besides uh, web price range? I, I don't know. It, it, I want to, I mean, I, I like Brooks Kepka, just the guy Brooks Kepka. you know, if you ever listen to part of my take for five minutes, he's funny as hell, but, um, I don't know if he if he even cares to play a tournament like this. Although I'm always gonna like him, I'm always gonna roster him, and that's gonna bite me in the ass every time it's not a major. Um, and maybe Fleetwood as well would be the other one that excites me in this price range. But you know, it, up here, I'd rather just take Webb Simpson over anyone else. I didn't know we were such best friends because um, I, I roster and play Brooks every week too. So, and it burns me every time, except, you, you know, even last week. Blake. You can't avoid Blake. No, you can't. Blake of the year. So, I mean, like it's, it's, I don't know if he, <clears throat> this is like, this is what I talk myself into every week. It's like Monday, I open it up, you know, no chance. I'm not rostering Brooks. Like, and then all of a sudden he's, you know, decently like lower owned by Tuesday. And then I talk myself by Wednesday that no one's going to play him and he's going to, you know, show up for the first time. But at eleven four, um, it's it's hard it's hard to see him getting you know he's probably half as owned as Webb, you know, and is he you know half as likely to outperform him at this rate? Maybe I don't know. Um, but why else is he here? Like that's at the end of the day. Like I, I wonder the motivation. He's now inside the top one twenty five. I think he's like ninetieth. So yeah. he has to get in the top seventy to get past the first leg of the FedEx. I can't imagine he doesn't you know, doesn't want to go home early. He wants to show up a little bit. So a win here would do damage to that, that FedEx, you know, like longevity that he needs to get to East Lake. So he would definitely be my other one. If I'm, you know, making three max, maybe it's two web one Brooks type of thing um, and get over the field on both in that scenario. But he's probably the only other one I have that much interest. In. I, I agree. Tommy's the, th- the third one, but I substantially would rather get up to Webb and Brooks. I know Axis will probably yeah. want to get Tommy in every lineup, but that's Axis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I struggle. Uh, I think, like most people, with with Brooks, I think that there's there's such. It's just like a U shaped deal, right? It's it's like such great outcomes, and then so many miscuts. Uh, and him just being, you know, if he, if he doesn't have it on the first six holes on Thursday, like he's just like, all right, whatever. I'm I'm gonna be playing next week. I just got to figure it out next week. Like I don't yep. really, I don't see him, uh, you know, grinding through necessarily. Um, I if if I was ranking the non-web top people from the sim, Brooks has uh, the next most wins after Web, and then uh, Reed actually edges out Fleetwood. Uh, for me this week. So um, again, I, I 
like Reed is another guy who I just literally cannot get right. Like I, I avoid rostering him most of the time because I hate his face. And then he like, then it just, it, he keeps popping and popping and popping. And I, you know, I start playing him and then he decides that he doesn't remember how to golf anymore. Um, so I think that was a really long winded way of saying, I'm going to have too much read and we're just <laughs> going to see, we're just going to see where the chips fall this week, I guess. Um, all right. Let's, he's, uh, it's the epitome though. of not like you just, you got me. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Okay. No, he's just, what I was saying. She's just the epitome. He's the epitome of like, you know, again, we said the plug your nose, Ryan Moore, just, you know, let the outcomes do it. Like he's not someone you're going to look at driving accuracy and strokes gain approach and be like, all right, Patrick Reed's my guy, but you know, probably one out of, you know, 33 times, if not higher than that, he's going to win this tournament, you know, 28 times. What's it? I mean, what are his odds out there? Like probably low twenties, mm-hmm. um, you know, so at the upside that he does possess over the other golfers in this, in this range who, you know, when Fleetwood, Casey Rose, you know, Harris English type of thing where I think it's a smart move to just, to just mix them in. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's dip down a little bit further. This, this range is super interesting to me because they're like, if you can feel, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but if you can feel like supremely confident clicking on like two guys between 8,500 and 90, I guess it's 9,300 with English now. Like if you could pick two guys and feel good about it, then you have a much better stomach than I do because this range, like you can make such strong cases for all of them and they could be torn apart in like 14 seconds (laughs) because you know the, you know the other side of it. Um, So it seems like getting this range right is probably uh, you know, from Sergio to, to English is probably one of the more uh, important decision points of the week. So uh, who's your, who's your favorite in that, in this little group here, Sky? It's tough to not think the Todd father like fits perfectly, you know, I mean, yeah. he first round leader last week at something I would have, you know, never imagined him to do well at. And, you know, at this point, it's no longer doubting. I mean, he did it at St. Jude too, which probably wasn't even, you know, another good course fit for him. It's, it's impressive just the way this guy's came together. Uh, if we talked about the word slappy earlier, you know, I'm a speed slappy, like hundred <laughs> percent. I buy into him. I do the same thing with Brooks as I do speed and I continue to lose money on him. <laughs> but at this elevated price, you know, last week he was what, 77, you know, and I think he's just as well to show up in a big event as he is in, you know, a mediocre event. So at 1700 plus of an increase or 1300 plus of an increased price, like I, I'm off there. I think, I think Todd would, would be the one. I love Siwoo Kim to death, but I'm never playing $8,600 Siwoo Kim. Um, I think this range, to your point, I, I could cross them all out, actually, if I want to get top-heavy, mixing in a lot of Webb and Brooks and, and just getting those sevens. What do you got, Ev? So, you know, I do want to talk about some Ryan Moore pivots because, you know, like we you know, we were talking about, you know, we none of us really want to go on the Ryan Moore train. So I have two pivots here, actually. One, if you want to spend $300 more, and one if you want to save an extra $100. So if you want to, you want to go up three hundred dollars, you go Chez, right? Chez Revy. He's thirty-eight years old, but plays like a fifty-year-old man. But that actually works here, right? Because he only do he does two things well. He's great on approach, great with accuracy. I think he's like the fifth most accurate driver off the tee on the on tour, right? Just in general, right? So that those two things do really well here, and I and that justifies his eighty-four hundred dollar price tag. I think he could finish top 25 at the very least, if not top 20 or even better. Um, you know, those things considered. And then you want to go down a little bit. Corey Connors at 8,000 uh, seems really cheap just because, again, he is, you know, he, he has his struggles, yes, but he's great on approach. And I am taking that. And he, I mean, he's one of, the, one of the best approach players in the field when you look at the last 50 rounds uh, for everyone right on fantasy national. So 
those two are, I think, are where I take my stands in this range outside of the guys you already talked about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Harris English week. Um, I don't know. I don't know how else to, I don't know how else to frame this. He, uh, he ended up actually with the most wins uh, out of the, the five K Sims uh, that I ran. And I mean, obviously that's, that's certainly going to play and, and work out. Um, but he's, he's been, I think seven of his last eight starts, he's been in the top 20 now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously gone sort of through a, a bit of a roller coaster uh, on his career arc in general. Um, but, uh, you know, over the past year and change back to the start of 2019, He's only missed nine cuts out of his 41 starts. Um, I think 9,300 is pretty reasonable. Like, I, I don't think that you could, I don't think you could really argue that like he could be the same price as Rose or Casey. Like it, he's at least as safe as has as much cut equity, has as much upside as, as those guys in there in the 10 K range. So um, he's, he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be, uh, pretty heavy on i'll probably end up locking him um to maybe to my detriment but uh yeah he's he's a guy that i'm super interested in this week uh, i like, any, I like any that. english love no i like that a lot i think to your to your point i mean at 9300 i mean it is intriguing to to pair him with a web you know to get probably the two highest win equity guys in your simulator um i'd imagine um, and, and get them without even breaking the bank to do that. So, I mean, his course fit probably is, is strong. He's never missed a cut here before. I mean, he's likely the only golfer to – he's probably the best recent form. If I go since the restart, let's see, he would be gaining a stroke and 1.6, which is second to – someone that we'll get to in the low seven K's, but Webb is third. English is a, is a whole two tenths of a stroke better than anybody else in this field since the restart. Um, so yeah, I think that was kind of an oversight for me, but yeah, he is somebody who is very, very much in play in a lot of lineups. And I'm, I'm pretty happy that the, uh, the answer withdraw came after uh, pricing yeah. was out because he would have been more expensive. If, yeah. I just got in my head. I was there. like, how is how is um, like there's no one 9300 to 9800? Yeah. I was like, that makes sense now. Yep. So yeah, he's he's my uh, he's my guy. He'll he's definitely one of the cash locks uh, this week. Let's let's uh, keep going down. So so have you you kind of left us off at the 8K range there with with Connors um, dipping down a little bit further. Uh, who's who's interesting you? I I already see one name that I know you're going to say. Well, uh, we can make our way down, right? Because 7,300 is quite a ways away from here, right? So Joaquin Neiman, I think, is a name we could look at, right? So he's 7,900. Phenomenal approach game. Awful putting. But that's what we have to deal with with a lot of these guys where, you know, if only they had the putting, right? Um, Doc Redman, I think, is another guy you can look at, right? Because he was looking sharp in a few tournaments, leading up to this point. And then, you know, I'll just leave you off with the, with the $7,300 God, Lucas Glover, who's obviously going to win this tournament, <laughs> but um, on a more serious note, I just want to look at, so pull him up here. Right. Glover, so he, Glover he missed, isn't even the best golfer at $7,300 this week, just for the record. <laughs> that's a bad take. First off, second, he might be the third best golfer at 7,300. <laughs> You're just killing my dreams right now. Might have to come up there, come up to New York. Um, so yeah, he okay. So he, he missed the last two cuts, and you know it, it wasn't fantastic those performances. I'll admit, right? But before that You're time, a slave to the brand. I have to be. I am a simp for Lucas Glover. I'll admit. <laughs> he looked at me at a at a pro am once. So that's, that's all it takes, right? So. Leading up to those two missed cuts, he had some decent performances, right? 23rd at Charles Schwab, 21st at Heritage, 20th Travelers. You know, these are these are tournaments. I mean, Heritage was a similar was a similar course fit type deal, right? Where accuracy and approach were heavily, you know, very much important. So at a similar course, I do want Glover at 7,300. 
right? Especially if that approach game is still there. Where he was gaining like seven strokes, five strokes on approach, you know, in, in three of those four weeks. All right, I, save what, us, what save us here, Sky. I, I can't with the with the constant Glover love. It's just it's absurd. Yeah, I think we start right at seventy three hundred. We start literally right next to to Evans Boy, and I think the arguably who I said the second best player to Harris English above Webb Simpson since the restart is Henrik Norlander, who yep. gaining almost he's gaining one point four strokes on the field since the restart. Um, he's somebody who was just lights out. I think he what he made five straight cuts, 41st, 12th, 31st, 6th, 23rd, coming off a couple weeks off. Um, I think he and I don't mind Glover, like I'm not you know gonna dog on that, but Norlander has arguably, I mean, that's just the the Glover disease is everything to look so pure like it did for four, four weeks in a row, and then he just dies for mm-hmm. you know when you don't expect it. So, I you know, commend you for continuing on because um, at 3M he was he was awful. He was better last week, but 3M when he you know could have won that event probably going in um, was just so so bad. Um, but I think I'll probably I like Redmond. You mentioned him. I'll probably stick with some um, Euro guys, and I'm just going to rattle off a few that I think you can mix in with a lot of them. I think Bazaden who is yep. a good price, 7700. He's just extremely talented. Where he struggles. Um, you know, overseas was his approach game wasn't the the greatest overseas, nor was his off the tee, but his approach has really came around since he started playing on the PGA tour. And, you know, he's not like a bomber. I think he can put it in the fairway here. He's got an electric short game, gets really hot with the putter. I think him at 7,700, I think Tom Lewis at 7,600, I would get right back on the horse. He was awesome round one at the PGA Championship. He shot a bogey-free three under. Then he missed the cut, kind of blew up on round two, but he was so good at St. Jude and really good just hitting greens leading into that event. Schwab was amazing at the Barracuda, amazing at the 3M. I think he's in play at 7,600. And then one that stuck out to me in in kind of the range too was I didn't even realize Matt Wallace was in the field um, until seeing him at 7,400. I don't know, you know, he he struggled back-to-back weeks in elevated fields, but he had some some strong performances when it mattered the most. His irons have been a little shaky, but – his talent is, is arguably the, the most talent. I mean, he had five European tour wins in that short amount of time, which is combined those guys above him in the Euros. Um, I'll, I'll pass it off because there's two more I want to talk about in low sevens, but I'll let you go, Matt. Yeah, the uh, Lewis, Lewis and, and Norlander uh, are the two guys that I'm, that I'm sort of prioritizing in this range that what I think, what was it, Saturday at St. Jude's? I think Lewis had that 61 um he i just think it's we're like not very far from him just completely exploding uh and and really uh you know like bursting onto the scene because i i think if i texted like all the group chats that i'm in with like you know random casual golf fans nobody's ever heard his name before so um i think we could be uh you know over the next if we if we come back Next August, I think we could be talking about uh, him having won a couple of tournaments for sure. And what's um, interesting about him to stay on it, I did a podcast with Bear Off last week, and mm-hmm. he brought up this point that I, I forget, and I think many do as well. Tom Lewis came over, and the way he got his PGA Tour card was he played in the Corn Ferry Finals. Mm-hmm. Normally it's three events. You rack up the points during those three events. The top 25 get their PGA Tour cards. He only came over for the final, and he won that event by four strokes. And and that that field is probably better than you know the 3M Open field. You know, for it's sure. probably comparable to to this field. So he can do it on this on this stage. I, I would wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, no, I I I like him a ton. Um, Go ahead and uh, and hit us with your your lower seven k guys here. Yeah, I think one just got brought up in the chat too. Schwartzel has been interesting lately. Um, his approach game has been uh, way better than uh, you know for quite some time. Um, his approach game has been. I mean, I wouldn't anticipate he's he's normally terrible off the tee. So to hang around a little bit last week, like he did. Um, was quite uh, quite a surprise for me. I mean, his approach game, I'm pulling it up since the restart. Um, 
yeah, he's had he's had like some upside tournaments, and then like last week he gained almost a quarter or a fourth of a or four tenths of a stroke per round, so a little over stroke and a half in the tournament. I think he's intriguing, but the two that we're gonna hit on, you said Chez plays like he's fifty year fifties years old which he does, but there's also a 50-year-old in this event at 7,200 who just won a Champions Tour event who plays literally put it in the fairway and hit every green out there. That's Jim Furyk. And Jim Furyk gets a lot of love um, in, like, odds on some of these sharper offshores. Like, yeah. overall, like, his odds get low. So, I mean, somebody's hammering him um, out there. So, I think Furyk's intriguing and one that – to me, I think might be close to breaking out, and he could also miss the cut by seven. But I just feel like Luke List seems to be somebody that, like this course, I remember him contending at Heritage when Kadira won. He was really, really good last week. He won on the Corn Ferry. He's somebody that's kind of sticking out to me at 7,200. Yeah, I like that. I, I like those calls too. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Jim Furyk. Uh, so I'm um, I'm definitely on board with that. That makes me feel a little bit better about uh, wanting to click his name. What are what about Cam Davis? Uh, you have any any interest in him? I feel like he just has he just has so much upside, and obviously we we've seen it go you know completely sideways, um, you know with with a, that string of miscuts. But even during those miscuts, like he wasn't he wasn't that far off like Charles Schwab wasn't great but you're talking about you know a couple of those missed cuts where he only really lost a stroke on approach uh and gained in a couple other categories so um he's he's a guy that I'm that I'm pretty interested in uh this week at at 7,000 even I like that I mean it's five tournaments in a row he's been positive strokes gained on the on the field um, he, he, I think he's a little bit better off the tee to your point than approach. So he's going to have to find those irons to contend at a course like this, but talent in this range. And he's someone as well. I think you can do a lot of good, not just making your decisions off of what's happening, you know, in the markets, but monitoring which guys are getting um, lower odds than they are at potentially other books. Um, and just monitoring that. And Davis is somebody based off of the range around him who has seen lower odds than some of these other guys. Yeah. Have you have anybody to, uh, to add, or you want to get to some real cheapy cheapies? You could talk about Lucas Glover more if you want to. <laughs> if, only if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Zinju Zhang? He, uh, he came in 10th at Memorial and 12th at 3M before he missed the, missed the PGA cut. Um, had, hasn't been the greatest approach. I mean, what are you paying for him at this point, though? You're paying six, very nice price tag of 6900 for him. So, obviously, you don't need, like, a ton. You don't need a ton out of him. You know, a top 30 performance, I think, will do it for you. But, like, the approach game's been fine, right? It's been fine enough. He's been accurate off the tee when he's been given the opportunity to play in some of these events. So, I think he is worth at least a low exposure step. If not, because I mean the odds of him like going off aren't great, but I do like it if you're gonna, if you're going to play multi-entry. Him too. Um, looking at Fanduel versus DraftKings, <laughs> the the salary differences from Fanduel to DraftKings, he um, he's like two point two percent higher of the salary cap on Fanduel. He's ninety six hundred there. So like that's the biggest difference between sites. So I don't know. Somebody mispriced him. One of the two sites did. Um, so maybe you'll be right on that, Ev, and think FanDuel is the right one. But um, yeah, it's the biggest discrepancy in the field by far. I mean, we we are all aware of how sharp FanDuel is with their pricing. So I'm um, I'm sure that I'm sure that nothing could possibly go wrong with that. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> in. Around around that range too. Uh, it it appears that Bryce. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Garnett is gonna be uh is gonna be pretty owned uh, as well right now. I think Fancher has him at like fifteenth, fifteenth most tags yeah. right now. Uh at, at sixty seven hundred. Uh what are I, I I wrote him up like we so he's made five of eleven cuts this year. Uh, but four of them, four of those made cuts have been in the top, like top 30 finishes. 
So it's just literally, uh, you know, all or nothing with him. 6,700, I think we've sort of alluded to it uh, throughout the show. I think that there are, um, like, you can you can load up a little bit at the top. And if I think you could probably do worse uh, than, than him in this range for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm curious your take on him, Sky, or if there's, if there's another uh, favorite in this range that you have. Yeah, I just have a tough time. If he's got that many tags, that's pretty – like, I, I understand. Like, I mean, he finished sixth year last year. Maybe that gravitates some initial tags for him. But I just, I just can't see myself. I would rather – I'm sure he's going to be popular, but I would rather pay $100 less and get Wesley Bryan personally – um, and I know that's a little gross because it's still probably difficult to fully judge his game, um, being that you know he just comes back from injury and all of a sudden he knocks out two top 25s in a row on courses, one of them that required a lot of off the tee game. Um, so this is just the epitome of what the old Wes Bryan would have been. Right. Um, so to me, I would probably rather pay $100 less. I just see – even though his odds are like crazy long, he's like 200 ish, you know, um, to one, which I think for the betting segment might be somebody to, to target at a little bit longer odds, but I just don't see myself clicking Garnett, especially, I mean like a hundred dollars more. I think Will Gordon's incredibly talented. I think Christopher Ventura is awesome at 6,900. Like those guys just seem to be someone who could literally pop for a win. And I, I just can't see that like Bryce Garnett. Yeah. I think that's fair. I can under I can understand the Bryce Garnett play though, because even in the events where he did miss the cut, the approach game was kind of still there, right? So it makes sense. I just want you kind of just wonder about his um, his off the tee game, which is kind of it's definitely on a lower tier than some of the other guys we've talked about, even on this even in this part of the pricing spectrum. So yeah, I just I guess just keep that in mind. If you're on the Bryce Garnett train, I got one. I forgot that I just realized it's at 7,100 um, that might get overlooked because of what happened to him. So Brandon Grace led the field in approach on like a per round basis of those in the field at the Memorial. And I think he did at the work day yeah, at the Memorial. He gained like five, almost four and a half strokes in two rounds approach um, and then followed that up at the 3M with a top four approach, which he missed a cut in both these, but he gained 3.6 strokes approach in that tournament in two rounds. And then he went out and was T2 at Barracuda after two rounds and had to withdraw because he had a positive COVID test. This is his first time back. So for those that look on like the DK app, it said he finished in like 113th at the Barracuda when he was in second after two rounds, yeah. you know, and had to withdraw. He won at Heritage. So and does very well there year after year. So a similar style course in the Carolinas at 7,100. I'm just pounding these euros in, in South Africans and the seven K's, but um, I think he's intriguing too. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that call. I think, I think he's one of those guys that is always underpriced um, and, and under owned typically uh, relative to, you know, his, whatever you want to call it, maybe not necessarily, you know, win equity but maybe like you know top 10 equity for sure he's uh he's undervalued mm-hmm. um all right let's uh let's hit some let's hit some cash locks and uh and we will get out of here i i already alluded to to my two harris english at 9300 and norlander at 7300 are the two guys that I, that was my phone uh professional broadcaster um <laughs> they're the two guys that i'm for sure locking in uh, I've been over the past few weeks locking in two or three guys in the 150 lineups and playing like 70% on one or two more guys and then just kind of rotating through with that. Um, and it was, it was close, close to working last week, um, before the, before the Tringali, uh, withdraw, we, uh, I think I, I would have had. I mean, it was a high six of six week anyway, but I would have had uh, over fifty percent six of sixes uh, if not if not for that. So I'm uh, I'm hoping that doesn't I don't get an incorrect scorecard again this week. Um, <laughs> but those are those are my two guys for sure that I am uh, 
that I'm pretty comfortable going overweight on. Uh, Ev, what are what are you thinking here? Clover. I'm gonna and... say and chess. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, Chess is definitely one of them. Chess, I'll say Chess and Corey Connors. I'm surprised it didn't get on me for uh, Maverick McNeely being in the field. <laughs> I know that. Well, that's who, that's who I was referring to before. Oh yeah. I didn't know yeah. if like maybe he I, didn't look at you at the pro am or something like. He I, I didn't the Barracuda too, and his yeah. girlfriend Daniel King back to back wins in the LPGA. Talk about money. yeah. She she killed me though because uh, Lydia Coe. Did you have that? Yeah. Oh. Oh. I was not. I was not happy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done the show today if that was me. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is in the bag." It, it, she was on like the eleventh hole. She had like a two or three stroke lead. More still. than that, dude. She, oh, so I won't even talk about it. I just and it was. <laughs> I looked and I was like, "Oh, I was like, that's that's fun." Like a couple people kind of caught up to her, and then I looked again <laughs> and I was like, "Well, <laughs> see you guys later." <laughs> yeah, that's as bad as it gets. Yeah, that was rough. Ugh. All right, who who you got? What do you what do you, what are we thinking here? Yeah. Oh, I did I say it or oh I guess I didn't. Oh, you were serious with Connors? Okay. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> <fine. laughs> <laughs> You're joking the whole time, Chess and Connors. Yeah, good picks. You know, if you just want to send me the middle finger emoji in the DMs, I, I'm fine I, with that as well. I said you I said you could go just under 10k. That's all I I made one comment when I, you picked like John Rom a few weeks ago, and I'm like, you can't. Like that's that's too expensive. I mean, and now he's Cat like, Lock. no, I'm gonna do uh, Jim Furyk and uh, Adam Long for my two cash losses. Safe plays. These are the two safest plays on the board. <laughs> All right, Sky, save us here, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Yours were English and Norlander, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say Norlander would be one for me, um, and then I would say Tom Lewis. I feel strong about Tom Lewis bouncing back. Um, I think it's a reasonable price at 7,600. I think, like you said, English is very much, if you're talking about a couple guys to go 70% on, I think English would be right around there for, for me and the next tier of it. If I had to stretch to another 70%er, I, I mean, I think the Todd father is, is set up so perfectly to, to continue this excellence. Yeah. I, uh, I like that. I think Tom Lewis is, is, uh, is going in the, the top 20 bin for sure. Uh, I think he's plus 300 right now. So, um, all right. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us tonight, Scott. We definitely got to uh, have you on again at some point, uh, maybe in the, maybe in the fall swing there. Yeah. Uh, cool, thanks, cool for, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks. Ev, I'm, uh, I'm very happy that your power is back, Evan. I'm glad you made it through your difficult time. I don't know. After the show, are you happy? Are you happy? And I just, I hope that your, uh, that your internet is working so you can actually, uh, research guys above Corey Connors for next week. I'll do my best. <laughs> if you're not too uh, distracted by the by the truck series, true. Hit those nuts, man. <laughs> All right. It. Well, uh, also, guys, make sure uh, you hop in the listener league this week, and we will talk soon. <laughs>